Pirates lost yesterday, four to three to the White Sox. Split the two-game set with Chicago, one of the better teams in the American League. And you can offer any amount of attaboys for this or that, for battling through both of those games, for roaring back to win the first one, for making this one yesterday really close and all that other stuff. I was kind of left with a different feel after these two. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates Comes Your Way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins because I'm into that sort of thing. You know, all three teams. The Pirates embark today for St. Louis where they'll have a four-game series against the Cardinals at Bush Stadium. And we're getting to the point where we're about a month away from the trade deadline. And I can already start to feel what life will be like at that point and after that point. Let's do a little bit of math. Pirates are 26 and 46 right now. If you project that over the full 162-game schedule, they'd win 58.3 games, which means, in fact, they would lose 100 or whatever that would be, 104. I will stubbornly insist that they won't lose 100 because it's very, very hard to do that unless you're throwing games or quitting. They're definitely not throwing games. And I don't see a group that's made up of almost entirely younger players, which is definitely what it'll be if... Tyler Anderson and Richard Rodriguez and other older guys are gone, you'll have younger players literally playing for their big league lives, trying to establish themselves. The last thing they're going to do is fold up. But the math is the math. It looks like if things go at this trajectory, they'll end up losing 100. And I can see from the Pirates management's perspective where that doesn't really matter all that much because it doesn't. If you lose 95 or you lose 105, the impact is all the same. What you want and what has been made clear all along is individual improvement along the way. You do want to see Brian Reynolds bounce back to where he was in 2019, and you have. You want to see Kevin Newman bounce back to where he was in 2019, and you haven't. Um, You want to see individuals get better. You want to see uh, players increase their own value, whether it's to you as part of the future or in terms of potential trades. The wins and the losses haven't mattered. 
and they won't the rest of the way either. But, but, let's not pretend, especially as it relates to this particular franchise, that perception can be discounted because it can't. It can't. So how often are you going to be able to hear after a game Derek Shelton say things like this? Yeah, I mean, I think so. You know, I mean, we came home and we, we won a homestand uh, after not playing very well. I thought we were more aggressive. We created those run scoring opportunities throughout this homestand. Today we created them. We just didn't capitalize on them. And, you know, that is something that we we hadn't done on the road trip where we just didn't have the opportunities. Today we had them. You know, Reynolds hit the hard double play ball. You know, that happens. But at least we're back to creating those opportunities, which is important. That's following yesterday's game, of course. And you could – hear that he means it you could hear there's that upbeat spirit and everything else and one of the reasons that he was hired they knew they'd need somebody with that kind of toughness to get through however long it takes to build up a contender but you're gonna get sick of it if you haven't already you know you're gonna get tired of hearing it and that's after a close loss to a good team that was nearly a two-game sweep of a good team. Imagine what it's like if there's no Adam Frazier atop your lineup. Imagine what it's like if there's no Tyler Anderson starting every fifth day. Imagine what it's like, oh, this will be the worst by far, if there's no Richard Rodriguez closing games out and you're blowing leads in the ninth inning. Those hurt the worst. It's going to hurt and it's going to cause you to doubt everything else that's going on with this organization that's human nature i'm not being critical here i'm not saying you shouldn't do that okay i have a lot of the same feelings when i see them do something really awful at the big league level the 10 game losing streak that they just had not all that long ago had me wondering what the heck is going on. Is anybody really getting better? Are these the right people to instruct these players into the future? Maybe the coaching staff isn't going to be good enough. Watching Derek Shelton's handling of starting pitchers lately had me and a lot of other people, from what I gather, wondering whether or not this guy is actually going to be able to command a pitching staff once he actually has a pitching staff in meaningful games. A lot of this is going to be tough to take. If and when they get to 100 or close to 100, it's probably going to be the only way that they make it into the spotlight locally at that time of year. With the Steelers in full swing and with the Penguins in training camp, it's going to be, oh, hey, by the way, Pirates are going to lose their 100th tonight. Woohoo! And people like me will be doing all the historical research to see how rarely that's occurred with this team, which it is rare. How hard it is to lose 100, how terrible you have to be, and everything else, and what it says about the manager, and all this other stuff. All I'm going to say here, because I don't make a habit of telling people how to feel, how to react, whatever else here. All I'm going to say here is that it isn't about this year. It's never been about this year. And I did say that even back in April when things were going 
relatively well. Relatively well. Pirates finished that month 12 and 13. At one point, they were 12 and 11 when they beat the Royals, and the Royals had arrived in Pittsburgh with the best record in baseball. And then. And it likely will get worse from here, not better. So, yeah, buckle up. When we come back, just one question. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back, it's time for just one question, and that's always brought to you on this program by the good folks at the North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. Right there on the corner, corner of Federal and General Robinson. You've been to ball games, you've been right past it a million times. Go inside. The place is absolutely gorgeous with original Pirates memorabilia decking the entire place out. Oh, and by the way, when you're there, order steak on a stone and tell them that we sent you. Visit North Shore Tavern. Today's question comes from Ken in West Virginia, and Ken is referring back to a question that I answered following yesterday's daily shot of pirates that had to do with Who else? Bob Nutting. Ken says, hi, DK. To expand on the payroll and bad ownership slash management question, we only need to look at Tampa Bay. The Rays have been very competitive in a division with a couple of the biggest spending teams, the Yankees and Red Sox. This season, for example, the Rays' total payroll is $68.5 million, roughly $14 million higher than the Pirates. Tampa makes the most of its modest payroll, by making good trades and free agent signings, and isn't that what everyone's counting on Ben Charrington to do? Well, yeah, Ken, and and no. See, the difference between the Pirates and the Rays situation is the Rays have never spent. The Rays have never had revenue to spend. They play in a gigantic tuna can with virtually no fans in a county St. Petersburg is in Pinellas County and it is one of the oldest populations in fact at last check I think it was the oldest population of any county in the United States and most of the people who are there are fans of like you know other teams or wherever it is that they originally came from. There's no money there, meaning for the baseball team. So the payroll that you see from the Rays is the payroll that you're going to get. The Pirates lowered payroll 
based on the way the roster was constructed, meaning it's young players with very little experience, and why would you pay them more than you need to? And then the goal, again, this is the stated goal, I'm not making the promises, they are, is that payroll will go up when the time is right. Now, there is precedent for that. The Pirates reached as high as $109 million following the 2016 season. And note here, please, that that's not opening day payroll, which is the figure that almost everyone cites, which is crazy. Because all opening day payroll is is adding up the salaries of the 25 guys who play on opening day. It doesn't account for trades that you make where you acquire players or get rid of players. It doesn't tell you how much was actually spent. The figure I'm giving you, $109 million, was what was actually spent, what was actually audited, including by the Major League Baseball Players Association, and then submitted through legally binding processes. This is the actual number. The Pirates were at $109 million under this owner not all that long ago. If you put together a roster, Ken, that has, oh, I don't know, three-quarters of it, let's say something in that range, being either really young, as in the first three years of experience in the majors, or in their arbitration years, which means the next three years of experience in the majors, you're still probably looking at those guys making around this much, meaning in the $58 million range. But the question is, what do you do with the remaining quarter of that roster? That's where you spend your money. And if you're looking at five, six, seven players, whatever it is, I don't want to get too crazy here, but if you're looking at that number of players who would be getting paid basically market rate, not going out and signing free agents or anything, but you know maybe one or two, you're talking about being able to double that payroll just on that handful of players and still falling within the precedent that the Pirates and this ownership, Bob Nutting, set himself in 2015 and 2016, when payroll went up to a record high. So it, the idea of looking at the Rays and saying, well, the Pirates can do it at this rate too, that's actually not the objective here. The Pirates have never, ever, ever, ever suggested that they would be hovering around this range and that they can win it just like the Rays do with that same payroll. They've never done that. Uh, they've never said it, and they never practiced it because Again, to repeat this, because I know this stuff sometimes takes five or six attempts to get through because of all the narratives that are out there, the Pirates' payroll was over $100 million just a handful of years ago. Same owner, same everything. And the expectation among everybody in the front office, including Ben Charrington, is that it'll get there again. It's just a matter of how it gets there most efficiently. I appreciate the question, Ken. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. The team heads to St. Louis today for a four-game set against the Cardinals. 
we'll do another one of these tomorrow.